Hey everybody, this is Heidi St. John. Thanks for tuning in today. You guys have found me at my little corner of the internet. Today is Wednesday, March 23rd, and today I am so pleased to have one of my favorite people in the whole wide world, especially when it comes to issues related to parenting. Ginger Hubbard is back in the house today, and we're going to tackle the issue of whining. Stick around. I think you're going to be encouraged. So thank you guys for uh, tuning in today. I hope you have enjoyed the last couple of days. I know a lot of you have been joining me around Congressional District 3 with Pastor Rob McCoy and my friend Rick Green as we've been taking the Freedom Tour to Vancouver, Washington and up to Centralia. And uh, it's fun for me just to meet people and see what God is doing to bring a spirit of revival back to the Pacific Northwest God is in the business of healing, and he's not just in the business of healing uh, nations and healing uh, municipalities. He's in the business of healing families. And all of the works that, uh, that that we do here at the show and at Firmly Planted Family and at the Homeschool Resource Center, they're because of what God says in his word, and his word actually works. And so as we've been talking about this for years, you guys have heard me have uh, my friend Ginger on the show before, but if you have a child that's struggling with whining, and you're not sure how to address it, I am so encouraged for you because you guys are going to learn a lot today. My friend Ginger Hubbard's on the show, and we're going to be talking about how parents can address whining from a heart-oriented biblical perspective and teach their kids to be better communicators. Uh, Ginger has a brand new book, a couple of them out. I'm super excited about those. We're going to talk about them. Ginger, my friend, welcome back to the show. Thank you, Heidi. It is always so much fun to be on with you, so I appreciate you having me back on. Well, and I think every time we talk, uh, there's something different going on in your life and something different going on in my life, and uh, obviously everybody knows what's going on in my life. (laughs) You're going to be be out on the road here pretty quick, right, because the conference season is starting to pick up. I am. I'm really excited. I will be at Teach Them Diligently, the one in Pigeon Forge, and at FPEA, and I'm really excited about, F- I'm excited about both, but uh, FPEA, they have asked us to do a live podcast from there. So we're going to do a Q&A live podcast. Ooh. So we're super excited. Well, I say live, I think we're going to have to record it because we're not technical enough to figure out how to actually do it live. Plus, we like yeah, to yeah, reserve yeah. the right to do a little editing because Katie and I have a uh, big problem with sticking our foot in our mouth sometimes. So I shouldn't say live. <laughs> that would be a little scary for us and FPEA. So anyway, so we're excited about that, though. That's awesome. And you've got a couple of really cute uh, books that are teaching children some really basic principles. Actually, what I think they're doing is they're teaching parents how to teach children basic principles. And I love it. You and I have had this discussion before. So I want to jump right into this because there's a lot of people listening. Grandparents too. By the way, if you're a grandparent and you've got a whining grandchild, listen up because you can help you can help your kids help their kids, which frankly, let's be honest, helps everybody. Why do you why did you t- decide so there's there's two books. We're going to talk about the first one. What's the title of it, Ginger? The one we're talking about today is Sam and the Sticky Situation, and it is a book about whining. Why do you think whining is such a big deal right now? Because I hear I was on an airplane the other day, and I'm telling you what, there's this mom sitting uh, probably right behind me. And she had a child that wanted something from her. And she 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 very clearly said, you know, no, we're not going to do that. But mommy, <laughs> and she took the whining, you know, and I tell my kids, oh, I don't speak whinies. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't speak that. But why do you think it's such a big deal right now? Well, the bottom line is that children like us are selfish in nature. We all want what we want when we want it. And if we don't get it, we have a tendency to complain or to whine about it. Uh, Another reason children whine is simply because they are allowed to whine. 
parents are often Mm. responsible. We need to think about that. Parents are often responsible for the habits of their children. And all of my books and seminars, I always like to encourage parents to look past the outward behavior and address the issues of the heart from a biblical perspective. And so one Mm. of the issues behind whining is a lack of self-control, which is what you probably witnessed on the airplane that day. (laughs) And, and, you know, and what's so really sad about that is that children who use demanding forms of communication to express their wants and their needs, they're in bondage to their emotions and their lack of Mm self-control. And an enslaving addiction to whining, uh, let's just face it, it does not make for a happy child or a happy parent or a happy anybody else around them. In Proverbs 25, 28, God compares a person who lacks self-control with a city whose walls are broken down. And in Galatians mm. 5, 22 and 23, he deems self-control so important that he lists it as a priority virtue. And then in Titus mm. two twelve, he says that by his grace, we are to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled lives. And it's encouraging mm. for us to keep in mind that God's commands are for the purpose of his glory and our joy. And honoring God by speaking with a self-controlled voice, that accomplishes both purposes. When we choose to obey God's commands, he puts joy in our hearts, which reflects his own joy of being glorified. It just all it just works together in such a beautiful way. I love one of the reasons that Jesus gives um, us for obeying his commands. It's in John fifteen eleven. He said, I told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. I think we can safely say that we've probably all witnessed the lack of joy of a whining child versus the <laughs> joyful countenance of a child who's been taught to communicate with self-control. Mm, it's true. And I think there's a lot of people listening to this right now who they know that this is an issue with their children. And the parents don't know how to how to handle it. And so they, they've tried one thing, then they tried another, and it isn't working. And some of these methods that we try to reach our children with, I find, at least in my life, I'll just be honest, I have resorted to whining myself. Okay, we'll just be <laughs> honest about it. You know, you get to the you get to the you know to the end of your rope, right? And and then you you start behaving just like your child does. Now you're no better off than they are. So can you help us today? We're gonna. I'd like to just identify some of the things that parents are doing that are not effective, and and let's try to understand why they're not working. Because then I think we can sort of see a bigger picture. Okay. Well, one is scolding. According to the Bible, scolding is an angry response that will stir anger in the hearts of our children. Proverbs fifteen one says that a gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. When we respond to whining by yelling something like, stop that whining right now or you're going to get it. We're, tra- we're training in anger and we're actually not modeling the self-control that we so desperately desire our children to learn. Correcting wrong behavior, any wrong behavior, it should never be an I'll show you or a boy, you're going to get it now mentality. Correction should always be given with an attitude of, you know, honey, I just love you too much to allow you to live an undisciplined life. Other ineffective methods for dealing with whining uh, children are to ignore them or to give in to their demands. And that's a really popular way that we're an ineffective method, but definitely popular way that we see parents dealing with that. But to ignore them is to shirk our responsibility to train them and to give in by granting them what they're whining for. Well, 
we all know that's just going to reinforce that wrong behavior. Now, certainly there are times when ignoring or giving in may seem more convenient for us. After all, it does take a lot of time and effort for us to train our kids in what's right. But to ignore or give in to a whining child is to selfishly place our own interest above the interest and the well-being of the child. God has placed parents as the authority over children to teach them, not to ignore them or uh, just to get them to hush by indulging inappropriate behavior. When children whine, we want to view those times as precious opportunities to train them in self-control, not as frustrating moments of inconvenience for us. Mm, it's true. And I think it's easy for us to to shirk our responsibility, you know, and I think that's really what we're doing, right? And we, you and I talked about this before. We do it when we say to an educator, here's my child and you do the educating, except for God says parents are responsible right. for the training and teaching of their children. You, I'm going to uh, deviate from our little, uh, our, my plan here just a, a minute, because you, you've said now several times the word train. You know, the Bible says to train up a child in the way he should go, right? And when he's old, he won't depart from it. But, but the culture does not appreciate that word. So I used it on my podcast years and years ago. I was talking about this and and child training. And some angry uh, mother wrote in and said, you know, you talk about training children and we train animals, you know. And actually, that that's not true. The, the Bible, the biblical definition for the word training means that we lean in and we teach them. We really are training them. We're teaching them and training them how to be adults. Uh, do you ever get pushback about that word? I'm just curious, Ginger. I've not gotten pushback about that word, but just disciplining children in general. I get pushback about that, that we're messing up yeah. their self-esteem and we're going to, you know, <laughs> squash their personalities. And it's like, that is so ridiculous. You know, I mean, we we right. are instructed to train our children in what's right. And if we don't do that, then they're not going to grow in wisdom and they're not going to make wise decisions and they're going to live their lives with no self-control, indulging in everything that they want to indulge in. And so it is so important that we do train and instruct. The Bible says that we're to train and instruct our children uh, and we're to use wisdom from God's word to do it. And so I don't care how much pushback I get. I'm going to do what the word of God tells me to do, not what some of these angry parents want to rant rape about that uh, has absolutely no biblical basis for their argument. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons I like you so much, because you're very straightforward and just telling parents this is the way it is. I think it's really easy for us, especially now in this age of social media, when everybody has an opinion about every little thing for us to be kind of tossed back and forth by what the Bible calls, you know, winds of doctrine, you know, every every different kind of teaching, you know, this is what Dr. Oz says, and this is what Oprah says. And, uh, and uh, you know, we, we watch over the years as parenting trends sort of come and go, but God's word stays consistent throughout the ages. And it turns out that God's ways really are the best ways, and his ways are not our ways. They're better. And uh, I love that you just keep bringing parents back to the word, back to the word. How can parents help their kids understand the heart issue? So the reason that they're whining and then teach them to be better communicators so that they don't uh, communicate in these tones of whinies. <laughs> I love that whinies. I don't speak whinies. I've heard you say that before. I love it. <laughs> so I recommend three simple steps uh, to help children learn to be better communicators when they're whining. Um, and I know parents really like examples. So let's say that little Susie is whining to satisfy a particular want, or maybe not even a want, maybe a God-given need, such as being thirsty or being hungry. So maybe she's whining for a cup of juice or 
a cup of water or for a snack or something. So step one would be to calmly ask. I always like to start with heart probing questions because that helps get past that outward behavior and help them to evaluate what is going on in their heart, which is going to help them to take ownership for the sin that's there, which ultimately helps them recognize their need for Christ. So step one is to calmly ask just a very simple for a young child heart probing question, something like, Susie, honey, are you asking for a snack with a self-controlled voice? Now, if she doesn't answer, which, you know, sometimes kids don't answer, they just clam up, I recommend not getting into a power struggle. Just go ahead and answer for her. We need to be wiser than our children. That's something I prayed often. Lord, help me to be wiser than my two-year-old today. And so, you know, if you say, are you are you asking for this snack with self-control and she doesn't answer, just go ahead and answer for her. No, sweetheart, you're not. God wants you to have self-control even with your voice. And then step two is to explain that what we just talked about, Heidi, that it is love that motivates you to train her. And yes, we are going to use the word train because the Bible uses the word train. <laughs> you might say something like, honey, I love you too much to allow you to speak foolishly. And so this is what I did in my home. You might say, uh, so what I'm going to do, sweetie, is I'm going to set the timer and you can just use the kitchen timer. You can now we have the iPhones, use the timer on your phone. And when that buzzer goes off in three minutes, then you may come back and ask for a snack with your self-controlled voice. And then step three is, of course, to follow through. When that timer goes off, we want to have the child come back and ask the right way. Now, before I say anything else, I know some of those mamas are out there listening right now and they're thinking, yeah, right, that sounds fantastic. That might work for your child, but you don't know my child. My child's stubborn. When that buzzer goes off, my child wouldn't come back and ask the right way. My child would just clam up. Well, to that I say, natural consequences. She doesn't get the snack until she can come back and ask with self-control. Also, Heidi, I've noticed, like you were talking about being on the airplane, I've noticed too that a lot of kids today, they don't just whine when they want something. A lot of kids today whine just as a general means of communicating. It's like it's the only way they know how to talk. So let's say, let's do that. Let's say that mom is driving the minivan and the child is strapped in the back seat and not necessarily asking for something, but just inappropriately communicating her thoughts and feelings. Whining in this case is just simply words spoken with a bad attitude, which also reflects a lack of self-control. So the three-step plan works exactly the same way with the same sort of questions. You know, sweetheart, are you talking to me with a self-controlled voice? No, you're not. So I'm going to set this timer. And when it goes off, then you can come back and talk the right way. And then we'll have this conversation. And after that timer goes off, if, if she does, if she just clams up and refuses to talk with, with, uh, with having that self-control, same thing as far as natural consequences. She doesn't get to have that conversation with mom until she can communicate the right way. So this is just a really simple three-step plan that enables the parent to uh, do three things. Reprove the child for whining. Uh, have them suffer the consequences of having to wait three minutes, which can seem like an eternity for a small child. As a matter of fact, that might even be too long for some kids. It might just need to be two minutes or one minute. You know, you know your kid. And then most important is we want to encourage the, co- the child to come back and communicate the right way with self-control because the Bible tells us to train our kids in righteousness, not just to correct them for wrong behavior. So we always want to train them in what to do, not just what not to do. Man, that's so good. It's so encouraging. Uh, we're going to come back in just a second and talk about how long this is going to take. How long is this process? You guys are going to put this little three-step process in place. And when are you going to start to see changes? I want to take a quick ad break, and we'll be right back. 
All right, you guys. So we're going to pick this up just talking about uh, training our children as we did before the ad break. And I know for me, you know, Ginger, we've talked about this a lot. I know you've met my kids. We've been out on the road Mm -hmm. together. We've been talking about parenting issues for a really long time. It all sounds really good. Right. All right. I'm, I've, I've got my resolve. I'm going to I'm going to teach my child. You know, this is how we're going to kids. Mom, you got a new mama today. We're going <laughs> to we're going to start talking about, you know, your lack of self-control in, in in your in your speech and in the way that you're using your voice. But, Ginger, it can take some time and parents have to stay in there with this stuff. What what are we kind of flesh it out practically for the mama who's like, I don't know about that, you know, so that she doesn't think, you know, because what do we want right now? We want our best life now. Right. We want <laughs> yeah. a new we want a new kid by Friday. How many how many books did that sell? Like a million copies. Yep. Because really, we've got we've got Amazon now. We can you know get on our phones and have that thing that we wanted delivered to our house in twenty four hours. But parenting is a process and it takes time. So uh, walk us through this a little bit. Well, what I like to say to parents when they say, you know, when am I going to see this change? If I start this training, I start implementing this. When when will I? How long does it normally take before I see a so change? So if I start on if I start on Monday, am I going to have a new kid by Friday? That's my that's right are we gonna have our new life right now because if we don't we're gonna whine (laughs) but Heidi what I I have found is that parents who are consistent with this teaching are telling me that their children are absolutely transformed in the way they communicate in one week or less it's really a very easy way to address it and if you're consistent it works I think a lot of times we find ourselves scolding or ignoring or giving in um, because we really don't know how to respond. We don't have a plan. So out of our frustration, we respond in ways that are not beneficial. So this plan helps us to stay consistent, but it also gives us a self-controlled way to respond to whining. Another great benefit for using this method is that moms can use it anywhere, like we talked about, even when they're out in public. Uh, Because I don't know about other moms, but for me, Heidi, those were the times when I was out in public and I was embarrassed by the way my kids were acting, that it was most tempting for me to give in to my whining kids or Uh, to ignore them or just hand them what they're whining for. But if we keep that little timer with us or our iPhones or whatever, we're going to find it so much easier to follow through with this method anytime and anywhere. And as far yeah, as maybe they can make a shortcut on their phone to it. There you go. There you go. <laughs> and it's even a good idea. Maybe let your child pick one of the timers. They make some really cute timers. I, I actually have some on my website that are in the shape of farm animals. So it can be fun to let your child pick their timer as you're talking about this new plan that you're going to start implementing. And then it makes it a little bit fun um, for them as well. And, and something else that we need to keep in mind is that sometimes kids are so accustomed to whining uh, that it might mm-hmm. be necessary for us to actually demonstrate how to communicate the right way. They're so accustomed to it, they don't even know how to do how to communicate the right way. So giving them an example of how to communicate with self-control by modeling the appropriate words, modeling the appropriate tone of voice. And, yeah. and for my kids, even as they, uh, when they grew into their teen years, modeling the appropriate facial expression um, <laughs> encourages them and right. how to replace wrong with what is right. Yeah. And speaking of older kids, I mean, we, we've been obviously talking largely about younger kids because this is typically an issue with younger kids. But we definitely see this as kids get older. We see it come into their teen years. It looks a little bit differently. You're absolutely right. The rolling eyes, the body language. How do you address this issue differently with older children who have a tendency to whine? Well, when older children whine and demand that their wants and desires are met immediately, it can be rooted in the sin of idolatry. Now, bear with me. We are, we're talking about older 
older children here. I'm not encouraging anybody to prop their three-year-old on their lap and launch into a conversation about idolatry, because that's probably just not going to fly with a three-year-old. It's it's more than likely going to be over their head. But as they grow and mature, we need to help them recognize and understand the sin of idolatry because it is a big deal. God talks a whole lot about that in the scriptures. Um, So it's, it's also vital that we recognize it in ourselves. We can know that whining is rooted in the sin of idolatry when we start believing that our temporal wants and desires are going to satisfy us more than God. The Apostle Paul talked about those who substituted the temporal for the eternal. He talked about that in Romans one twenty-five. He said they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worship and serve created things rather than the Creator who is forever praised. We know from 1 Timothy 6.17 that God richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment, but those gifts for our enjoyment become idols when they're desired and enjoyed over God himself. A good indicator that gifts are becoming idols is when the absence of them or the withholding of them ruins our trust and our delight in the goodness of God. So as children mature, we want to begin warning them against the dangers of idolatry. And uh, even when they're younger, a really simple way to explain that to a, a, a young child might be to say something like, honey, idolatry is when a person or thing is loved more than God wanted more than God, desired more than God, treasured more than God, or enjoyed more than God. Wow. Well, this is a really good lesson for parents right now. (laughs) (laughs) For all of us. (laughs) We're all like, and I can think of some things in my own life. Me too. Uh, You've got got a couple of really great books. Uh, One of the books in your series, Teaching Children to Use Their Words Wisely, is on the topic of whining. We've got about a minute and a half left. Could you tell us how the book is going to help children learn about the dangers of idolatry and the value of self-control? And then I want to transition really quickly and talk about Sam and the Sticky Situation. Okay. Um, Well, in the story, Sam and the Sticky Situation, Sam figures out that he gets what he wants when he whines. So, of course, he starts whining more and more. But during a trip to the fair, Sam finds himself in quite the sticky situation when all of his whining leads him to being covered in cotton candy and stuck on the top of a Ferris wheel. And then later in the story, mom, uh, Sam's mom winds up confessing her own problem with whining, which is a problem that we moms do tend, have a tendency to have. As a matter of fact, my kids whipped out my book on me uh, last week. I just got my copies and I was whining as soon as they came in. And my kids are like, who wrote this book? <laughs> so, it, so in the story, Sam's mom winds up confessing her own problem with whining, uh, which God uses to help Sam realize his problem. And then in the end, they both learn that nothing they want is more important than obeying and pleasing God. And they also learn the value of self-control and the importance of asking for God's, not just his forgiveness, but also his help to help us change. I love that. Sam, the sticky situation, where can readers uh, and listeners find find this book? Uh, well, a good place is my website, gingerhubbard.com. Uh, that's a great place to start, and uh, they can connect with me there, and all of my books and resources are available there. Uh, I am also uh, love Instagram. I love to encourage moms on Instagram at ginger.hubbard. I offer daily encouragement and parenting tips. Um, Heidi, but my favorite way to connect with folks is through our podcast, Parenting with Ginger Hubbard, which is a weekly podcast where our primary goal is to encourage and equip parents to reach beyond outward behavior, like we talked about 
about today, address the issues of the heart and point their children to the transformational power of Christ. And from a practical standpoint, we are super passionate about helping parents move past the frustrations of not knowing how to handle issues uh, like disobedience and defiance and lying and lying and whining and into a confident and biblical and heart-oriented approach to raising their kids. Mm, it's so important. And I think especially with the the uh, the way that the culture is looking at parents right now. We are watching parents not being valued in the culture. Now, 50 years ago, it was understood that parents knew what was best for their children, but we've gotten so used to giving our kids off to the church, to the youth pastor, to the school, that really we're you're looking right now at training a brand new generation of parents in how in the world do we do this thing that God says is our responsibility. So I really appreciate it. You know I'm a huge fan of your podcast, and so I hope everybody will check that out. Uh, Ginger, will you come back tomorrow? Because I really want to uh, pick up on the next book that you've written, which really addresses the topic of lying. And it just, I lo- I loved these books so much when they came. I, I seriously called my daughter and I was like, I got some books for you. You're going to love these. Uh, it's such a great way to teach children and train them in story format. Jesus used parables. And I love that you've taken this, this beautiful way of storytelling to really teach truths to parents and to their children. So it's fantastic. So are you up for coming back tomorrow and we'll tackle the issue of lying? Absolutely. Sounds great. Thanks for coming on today, my friend. I appreciate it. Thank you. For more information about Ginger Hubbard and this new series of books, you can go to HeidiStJohn.com forward slash podcast. Scroll down today and you will see in the show notes, I will link back to all things Ginger Hubbard. I know you guys are going to be encouraged by this. It is more important than anything else. If you're raising young children, this job is your number one responsibility right now. It comes before everything else. And so uh, I hope you guys will take advantage of this and check it out today and uh, visit my friend Ginger at her podcast, Parenting with Ginger Hubbard. You guys will be really glad that you did. Thank you so much for listening today. I appreciate it. Ginger and I come back tomorrow and we're going to tackle the issue of lying and how do we train and teach our children in righteousness. We'll see you right back here tomorrow at the intersection of faith and culture.